Are we recording? Yep. Oh, okay, recording. so we're recording. Right. Yeah. All right. So, ding. Episode five intro. <laughs> hey there, sippers and spinners. Welcome to episode five of Bourbons and B Sides. On today's episode, we are going to be sipping on Contradiction from the Smooth Ambler Distillers, and we're going to be spending the 1985 New Wave album, Songs from the Big Chair by Tears for Fears. Enjoy the show. <laughs> Well, what's up, dude? Let's welcome ourselves to episode five. Hi, episode Hi. five. Hey welcome. There. Hi, how you doing? Oh, how nice to meet you. Oh, it's such a pleasure. <laughs> Taking been... it back a little bit in the 80s with the music, man. I enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Tears yeah. for Fears in the house. Yep, yep, yep. Some, some contradiction on, this, on the, in the glasses today. Yeah. Did, where were you when you first heard about contradiction? Where was I? Well, I was working at Republic. Yeah, same. Um, And I think they... I mean, I don't know how long they had been out before I actually heard about them, but we brought on the contradiction and there was an incentive out for it oh, to yeah. go to the distillery and I got second place. So I wasn't able to go, but I actually ended up going by default because another district manager there had gone to maternity leave and I got to go in her place. So Aww. it was pretty awesome. <laughs> Sucks to be you, Emily. <laughs> no, it wasn't no, Emily. It was Emily. It was Lauren Fouché. Ah, got it. So that's, but yeah, we, we'll get into that a little bit later uh, about the distillery. It was a pretty cool place. Yeah. But yeah. Welcome. What, what's been going on, dude, man, just, uh, try not to die from all this heat that's been happening oh lately. And it's like a heat wave. It's been man, extremely it's, hot. It's been, hitting I know we hard. talked about how hot it gets here in one of the episodes, one of the first episodes was second episode. Maybe we yeah. talked about how hot it gets here. Well, yeah. the Garrison, yeah, yeah it was Garrison brothers. Yeah. Two, two, was it two spoon and Garrison brothers. Yeah. Dude, I can't even remember anymore. It's only yeah. like five episodes. We have old to make and... like a, a poster with all the I know with all Jeez. the pairings that way. But yeah, it's we have a reference point. Extremely hot. I've had to water the lawn like every single day. Yeah. Because there's not hasn't been any rain until last night. Yeah. So well, my water bill is gonna be huge. I know. Fortunately, we have a we have an a townhome, so we don't really have to worry about that. But we do have a, a front and a back garden that we take care of. And, yeah. And our back garden is it's it's pretty extensive with a lot of lot of pots and plants and so yeah, I've been that there. requires gardening you know i do like y'all's patio it's pretty sweet thanks yeah it's been uh, pretty crazy for me too i've been out of town a lot been on the road been in oklahoma a couple places up north here in texas and after this i'm headed out of town again the next couple of weeks so yeah yeah never Any, fun anywhere fun not really mm. you know i mean it's all work related so you know not really there to go do anything fun. Luckily, there's nothing to do that, that's fun <laughs> in any of the places I've been. So. You, must, you must be going west again. Yeah. So I was in actually, I was in Tulsa the week before last. I was in Longview last week. And then the week after next, I had to go to El Paso. Uh, so, yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of El Paso. It's, uh, I've been there a couple of times for work. It's, uh, again, just uh, not fun. For me, the coolest part do. about El Paso is that if you go just a little bit further, you're in New Mexico. That's true. And there's some cool places to go in El Paso. And like, there's, I mean, they've got a kind of a cool bar scene yeah. uh, in downtown El Paso, but more other than that, just like desert. Yeah. I mean, I lived there for a short period of time when I was a younger and when I was a kid and uh, I don't remember too much of it, which yeah. is probably a good thing. That memorable, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, let's get into the show. Um, obviously today we are sipping on some smooth ambler contradiction. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. From uh, West Virginia. West Virginia. Yeah. That is, um, you know, someone famous country song, country singer wrote a song about it, yeah. West Virginia. But more importantly, that's where my mother was born. Oh, very cool. Yeah. That's interesting, man. I don't know that I know anyone other than these guys that have done Smooth Ambler that is from West Virginia. Yeah, now you do. Wow, that's pretty sweet. Kudos to your mom. Yeah. Does she uh she like it there? I mean she lives here now, right? She's been in Texas for the majority of her life. Um I, I believe they moved from West Virginia when she was really little. Yeah. Yeah, you know, then they moved to like uh, I think Beaumont area. Hmm. Um and she's been in Houston as long as I can remember. Yeah. You know. Well, very cool. Yeah. So yeah, smooth amber, West Virginia, um, hundred proof blended bourbon. Um, 60% corn. I'm, I'm sorry. The mash bill is 60% uh, corn, 20% wheat, 20% malted barley, 75% corn, 21% rye, 4% malted barley. But what the heck? It just said malted barley. Anyways, it's a bunch of different stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I do love this one. I actually especially love the label. It's a black label and gold saying smooth ambler. And then it's got like a horse bouncing on a barrel where it says contradiction bourbon. That would be an elephant. Did I say horse? You did say horse. Jeez. I know they look kind of similar sometimes. (laughs) What am I I thinking today? I I haven't even had a sip yet. Um, The the cool thing about this guys is that it's a blend of Mm -hmm. the straight bourbons. And that's why when you're talking about the mash bills that can get, that can get ridiculously crazy because there's three different bills from three different states yeah. and each one's slightly different um the i guess the closest thing is the malted barley one's eight percent one's four percent one's eight percent but it, we right. got we got a blend coming from we got um i'm sorry we got a bourbon coming from west virginia and bourbon coming from indiana and one coming from tennessee and they're all slightly different right and i think that's kind of where they have the name the contradiction because all these things put together shouldn't make sense correct but and that's maybe when i was reading that saying this doesn't make sense in my head but now that i remember seeing that there's different ones from different places yeah now it all makes sense yeah well very cool uh we got some glasses poured here in my famous f glasses f is for frank glasses for frank (laughs) Uh, inside joke there i love it but um yeah let's just got let's go ahead and just get to smelling and tasting dude um first and foremost you want to talk color man this is a pretty dark color uh it's 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 on the dark amber to me like a deep copper maybe like yeah yeah, deep copper i'll get that one too yeah Yeah. it's on the darker side and i think that's all due to the you know to the to the different bills builds Mm -hmm. from the different uh distillates yeah i'm getting on the nose some some fruit definitely some spices i get a lot of i get a lot of honey a lot of honey and caramel yeah i just tasted it and i can taste that honey I mean, it's not like it's a honey bourbon, but no, you can definitely taste. No, but that, but that note is definitely yeah. prevalent there. Yeah, the honey, some vanilla. Man, that smells good. The taste is delicious. It tastes better. Mm-hmm. It tastes better than it smells. Um, it does have, for me, a pretty corn-forward flavor um, as a good, big and bold bourbon would. Yeah, um, yeah I'm feeling, again, a little like, chocolate in in here too and on the back side i don't know about you chocolate yeah i mean that's just my palate though like maybe some cacao (laughs) yes see when i when i when i think of chocolate though i think of 
like milk chocolate so that yeah so no. that's super sweet milky chocolatey you know that maybe, chocolate to me you know so maybe so this is more of a, like a maybe dark, cocoa yeah some cocoa yeah, more of a dark cocoa um like the stuff you everybody as a kid wants to try a spoonful of right and then when you finally get it, you're like well i made a mistake right you know because there's no sugar in there no you know, that's that's the key to everything it's like on that eating one. a spoonful of cinnamon Blech. no thank you remember that content remember that what was it uh that those stupid challenges challenge yeah oh my god what an idiot i'm surprised i was actually sad that more people didn't do the type out challenge so <laughs> you know go ahead and weed out the idiots right Dumbass. what about the finish what are you getting on that finish i mean other than like i just said the cocoa i'm getting a lot of butter mm -hmm. on the taste and in on the finish you know yeah still some more that cocoa that vanilla yeah it, it's a lingering finish too it is a very lingering. i feel finish. like this tiny bit of burn right in the middle of my throat which i kind of like because sometimes yeah. most of the bourbons that i drink you'll burn all the way down all the way this down into the stomach sits right here yeah this one sits uh kind of like right where that bump is on yeah. your uh your uh adam's apple yeah right just below that part if you're a dude if you're a dude if not it's uh right where your rib cages meet your throat yeah just your neck throat your neck throat yeah is that the uh, scientific term? Scientific term. The, the bourbon's throat. B sides term. <laughs> According to the uh, Biopedia. Right. So, uh, as I was saying earlier, I went to the distillery. So, yeah, I took a trip out to the distillery with work and um, met John Little, which is the owner of Smooth Ambler. His name is really John Little? Yeah. Like uh, from Robin, Robin Hood. Hood. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty rad. It's pretty cool. So we went there, had a really good time, man. Hung out with them, got to tour the distillery, you know, do that thing where you take the drill, drill a hole in the barrel and yeah. let it seep out into your glass That's and so drink it fun. and then cork it back. It's pretty freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, and then the next day, uh, they took us uh, whitewater rafting. What? Yeah, we went down the rapids and uh, actually I was in the raft with John Little and a couple other dudes that I worked with and from the distillery and it was Oh man, I don't know if you've ever been whitewater rafting. But I have it not. is one of the most exciting things I've ever done. It's I'll so much bet. fun. And to do it with someone like John Little, like it was a great experience. And then after we went whitewater rafting, we uh, went skeet shooting. And uh, but your distillery trips were way cooler than mine. Well, I don't know, man. You've been to like places like Ireland and shit like that. Yeah, that was pretty cool. So I wouldn't say that mine yeah, were better, but I did right. some cool stuff. Um, we didn't go skeet shooting. Well, you know what? Although I did get to participate in some Highland games. When we talk about some Scotch and some Irish one day, I'll definitely get into that because that okay. was that was some fun stuff. That is that's cool. We'll have to def definitely talk about that. But I learned that day that I am, you know, I, I'm right handed. But when I was shooting the rifle or the shotgun with um, my right hand, I couldn't hit anything. Yeah, I, think, I just I think a shotgun is a rifle. Okay. Yeah. Bourbon, whiskey, whiskey, bourbon, you know. Sure about guns and the term terminology and all yeah. stuff. But anyway, um, when we were shooting skeet, I couldn't hit anything with when I was shooting with my right hand, or, yeah. you know, my my main hand to shoot with and hold the gun. But the guy was like, Why don't you try shooting with your left hand or switching sides? Yeah. And after I did that, it, I hit everything. Everything. Which I was so like just blown away by because I didn't realize that I was to to use a gun, had to use my non-prominent arm hand whatever um it's funny you say that too because uh i was in boy scouts when i learned that one because really? i would i did the exact same thing you know so the trigger is in your right hand right and, and um and the barrel's down on your left yep but i learned that uh, i was actually a scout master so he's like dude you're i think you're uh left eye dominant yeah why, why don't you try switching hands yeah and so i tried you know so now triggers on the left hand yep. barrels down on the right and i was able 
to shoot a whole lot better. And I've shot rifles ever since like that. Um, handguns right handed though, you know, um, but yeah, that's yeah. I, I, for me, it was uh, they told me that it was a, a right left eye dominant thing. Yeah. So but yeah. I am I'm also right handed, but shoot a rifle left handed. That's very cool. So, yeah. So I got to learn a lot about the bourbon and then a lot about myself on that trip. <laughs> <laughs> little, but anyway, it was a very, very cool time. trip. If you ever get to go out there, I highly recommend it. West Virginia is beautiful. The scenery is amazing. So much greenery, so much foliage. Uh, the the lake or the, the river that we were on, whitewater rafting down, it was a most beautiful thing ever. I'll imagine. It was dude. awesome. I mean, it's it looks everything I've ever seen about West Virginia looks like it's picturesque. Yeah. Um, but like you were saying earlier, I don't, I don't really know too much about West Virginia other than the John Denver song and that my mom's from there, you know I mean? Right. That, that's kind of about it, you know? Yeah. Um, we might have to actually do an episode on John Denver because I've got a ton of his records downstairs. Do you really? Yeah. I don't know that I'd be admitting that to the world. Why not? I'm There's just nothing kidding. wrong with it, man. I'm just kidding, dude. <laughs> Country roads. Yeah. Anyway. Um, we're not talking about John Denver today. We're talking about Tears for Fears. Tears for some, Fears. Uh, smooth Ambler. What about what about Smooth Ambler? Do you like, man? What do you what do you like about it? What I find most impressive about this is it, it kind of we kind of barely touched on it is that it is a blend of straight bourbons. Yeah, and and in theory, it shouldn't work. And and I'm I'm pretty sure that's how they came up with the name. Man, like I said earlier, yeah. you know, um, it's sitting pretty high. You know, it's at a 92 proof, so 40 percent alcohol, and that should burn. Like as yeah. soon as it touches your lips, it should, and yeah. it doesn't. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's whiskey. You can taste it, you know, but right. Um, everything about it is pretty easy to drink. Um, it not like Breckenridge easy. That right. was, that was just easy. That was easy. That was that just was smooth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, this one, um, so it's a little bit bigger, a little bit, you know, little, 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 little bit bigger. Um, like an elephant, <laughs> not, not a horse, not a horse, not a horse. I know it mixes well because I remember, I remember it bringing bots. That's why I asked you when you first encountered it because I remember somebody bringing it to me when I was at Stones. Yeah, and I remember mixing with it, and I remember it standing up fairly well. Um, not as much as like some of your higher, super higher proof ones, you know, like the, uh, like the, uh, uh, my names, names are blanking on me right now, but, um, but it did stand up and it held its own. And then I found that it was actually pretty delicious. Uh, the only tough challenge for me then was because it was so new, was right. trying to get new people to drink it. You know, yeah. some people are just married to their names. No matter what it is, their brands or names, they're just married to it. Yeah. They're, they're not going to try. But fortunately, uh, over the last, we'll say 10 years, there's been a giant boom of people wanting to try new things and wanting to taste new things and all kinds of stuff, you know, and explore yep. new categories and new flavors. And I think that's done wonders for the, for the spirits categories all across the board. Uh, for sure. And, you know, it, it's got to be kind of hard too um, to plan on something like this. Hey, let's try, let's try this barrel. Let's right. try this experimental barrel, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And we're going to lay it down for four years. Yep. Okay. That's a four year wait just to hope you got the guess right. Yeah, know? exactly. Oof. Well, they knew what they were doing, man. But, um, you know, they also, you know, other than the contradiction, they make Old Scout and they just recently, well, I say recently, but not too long ago, came out with the contradiction rye, Ooh. which is actually really good. We'll have to get our hands on some of that. Yeah. I do enjoy that. Actually, I think I knew, I found out about the Contradiction Ryan when I was on my last work trip to El Paso and I was in one of the liquor stores and I was talking to a representative uh, for Republic up there and they were pitching the the rye when it came out and I was like, oh man, I got to try this. Okay. So okay. yeah, it was, we okay. actually popped okay. it open in the liquor store and we started drinking it. It was pretty good. Nice. Yeah, I do like this a lot. It's really good. Actually, you know, I would say, you know, that I do have a lot of favorite bourbons, but 
I, I really do like this one. I could sit in my living room watching, you know, primetime television, just sipping on this. It's just, it's that good. Or like after this show, we could probably go out on the patio and just have a couple glasses and it would yeah. be totally cool. Um, I'm going to go ahead and put a very specific to this one. Like if I'm going to, if I'm going to pour this out, that means somebody done put on Yellowstone because this has that kind of action to me. <laughs> right. I mean, because I don't know if any of y'all ever watched Yellowstone. If you haven't, give it a whirl because that, that show was intense. Really? I haven't oh. watched it yet. Oh, man. It's no. it's intense. I don't know. So the thing is, man, like I I pay for too many streaming services. I don't need another one. True story. Oh, my gosh. True story. Huh. I have been watching. Uh, Makes you want to go back to just cable. Severance. It was like, cut the cord. Cut the cord. Yeah, okay. But now you're paying. You shouldn't ever you're paying have cable. Four... If you have cable, cut the cord. It really does suck. Right. Do you have cable? I know. Okay. Yeah. No. I'm not talking shit over here. Yeah, I know, right? No, I don't. Um, I have been watching this new show called Severance on Apple Plus, and dude, it's legit. <laughs> See, I don't have Apple. Okay. So no. that's why I'm like, I'm not going to pay for another one. Right, exactly. You know? So now you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, this is good stuff, and um, maybe I'll, I've actually got two episodes left of Severance to watch. Maybe I'll sit down tonight and enjoy a glass of Contradiction while I watch it and finish, yeah. finish the season. So I'm reading a quick little note that I have, um, that this was um, a combination. It's Contradiction. As a combination of 73% of the nine-year-old high rye mash bill of his bourbon mm. that was sourced in Indiana uh, for their Old Scout with 27% of the young weeded bourbon distilled in the house of West Virginia. Hmm. Um, so that's kind of why it is what it is. So it's it's mostly it's mostly straight bourbon with some weeded bourbon in there. And I think that's kind of where we're getting that that contradictory flavors yeah. on the back end and then on the right off the beginning, you know, very cool. Um, not to be confused or to even try to compare it to something like the, uh, like the, uh, the Woodford weeded or the, uh, Weller weeded or, or, right. or even nine banded weeded. That was actually yeah. pretty damn tasty. I don't oh, know yeah. if you've had that one. But I have. Oh, it's really man, good. You want to talk about like a baby Weller in a bottle, man. That's yeah. that was ridiculous. We'll, um, we'll definitely have to do a show on that one too. I, um, I know, Amanda, who used to, who actually worked for Nine Band for mm -hmm. a long time, uh, she now works for another company. Um, but whenever they came out with the Rye, I got a, a little sample from her, and is pretty tasty. Yeah, um, not too long ago. Oh, what are we in? So a couple of years ago, when I was at um, the Post Oak, um, mm -hmm. she brought by. You know, she stopped in. Mm -hmm. Her that was there and stopped in, hi and hello. And you know, I was like, I was wondering when I was going to see all all the familiar faces popping in. You know, and mm -hmm. and it was right after things really started to kind of open up again, you know? So right. that's when reps were really starting to get out. Um, and uh, she said, all she, she just straight up asked, she goes, what do I got to do? I go, what do you want? She's like, I want a feature. I was like, get me a barrel. She's like, I got one right now. I was like, okay, I'll make a drink. And I did right. You know, started, uh, I actually infused like pecans with hers and put it in a barrel, did all that. And then we made a feature. But with that, she brought me a couple extra bottles. Oh, sweet. And one of them was the weeded. It was pretty That's damn, awesome. It was pretty damn good. Actually, I I have a bottle of just the regular bourbon, the nine banded bourbon, the first one they came out with in this in my little inventory closet over here. The little. Yeah. The little. <laughs> in quotation. Yeah. The, the, you know, the, it's like the Harry Potter suite. We'll never run out of episodes, I promise. So not we're not going anywhere anytime soon. Not for a while. <laughs> Yeah, man, I'm gonna finish this glass here, and if there's nothing else to, you know, we'll keep sipping out, sipping on this throughout the episode. But, oh, uh, for sure. Maybe we should move on while we keep drinking some more. I like it. I like it. 
Canteen is a refreshing, ready-to-drink vodka soda in a can. On the go, on the course, or in your own backyard. Learn more at CanteenSpirits.com. Must be 21 or older. Always enjoy responsibly. The album we're talking about today is Songs from the Big Chair by Tears Fears. Because, you know, sometimes everybody wants to rule the world. <laughs> that is true. Man, I would say, you know... I have a place in my heart for new for new wave and synth pop. It's not a large place, but <laughs> it is a place. Thanks for clearing that up. Um, but I do I do have a handful of of some favorite um, new wave artists, and Tears for Fears is one of them. You know, I think that Tears for Fears didn't get a lot of credit that they deserved. There was a lot of other bands in that time frame that were just like killing it out there and very and a lot more popular, a lot of go, lot of stuff going on. But I think Tears for Fears. What, what, what do you, you know? Mean? You mean like, like Duran Duran or yeah, like Duran Duran and like uh, NXS and Depeche Mode and NXS. Well, Depeche Mode. How are you going to compete with Depeche? Mode? Well, I mean, I don't know. I think that, I mean, Tears for Fears. I I wouldn't even say they were not as big. I'd say they were because uh, to me, whenever you start naming off things like that, Tears for Fears comes up whenever you're speaking about Depeche Mode and that's true. Know, Duran Duran <clears throat> and true. Uh, and all of those. You know, I mean, it's. I don't know when you were mentioning it. I don't know that I would have ever have said new wave. It does make sense. And it is right. Right. Just in my mind, I think I would have stuck it as like just pop or Euro pop. Right. You know? Well, um, I mean, but I, it is diff. It is. Definitely I think new. I just say new wave because I always just like, I, I sometimes I, you know, I, I know I just put them in a genre, but I sometimes don't even like putting people in genres at all. Like I, I, music is just so it's so broad and like there's so many different styles. Yeah. Some people have this one style and then another style mixed into it. You can't yeah. even put it into a genre. Oh, totally. So, I mean, I did just put them in a genre. And if I'm going to, I guess it would be new wave well, I mean, or pop or synth pop. I mean, Wikipedia put them in new wave. So it's got to be true, right? Well, of course. Progressive pop, pop. Rock. It's on the internet. That's what it's they true. Say. It's got to be true. So, um, but anyway, and you're right. They are, they were really popular. You know, their first album wasn't a huge hit in the United States, but there was a couple songs that did make it over here. Um, their album, the album didn't get to number one or even number two, like it did in, in Europe or in UK in the UK, but, um, this one did, this one actually hit number one in the United States really, and number two in Europe. But, um, I mean, there's a, a slew of, of hits on this one with shout and everybody wants to rule the world. Mother's talk, I believe and head over heels. Yep. And of course, everybody knows shout. Everybody knows everybody wants to rule the world. Yeah. These are like, speaking of everybody wants to rule. What do sure. you think? What do you think of when you hear, when you, when, when you hear the word, when you hear that song, the introduction, when you hear the intro to that, you know, ding, 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 ding. I mean, I, honestly, there's not really anything in spe specifically that I think of other than like really fucking tears for fears. Because I think of two things right off the bat. First and foremost is Real Genius with Val Kilmer. Okay, that was the opening song to that to that movie, right? Mm -hmm. Where he was the genius with the giant laser. Yeah, I don't know if you remember that movie? I don't, well, the, I the big house of popcorn. I guess I don't remember the song being that. Okay, but. and then two, that was the op that was the opening song to Dennis Miller's show. Dennis Miller, Dennis Miller. Oh ah, yeah, was Those are the I two forgot about I think that. that. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, but yeah, no, what a great song. And unfortunately, that's I'm glad that you brought that up because when I just when I hear the song, I just think of tears and I think of this this album cover like yeah it's very specific it's album very cover. i said it earlier i'll say it again it's very hall and oc <laughs> oh yeah the very. album cover but you brought up some really good points you know the the fact that this is the only album with pictures right with their with pictures, their faces on their it, faces yeah. yeah um yeah so i was telling caleb earlier that you know the reason why they went a different direction with the cover of this album was because on the first album 
the hurting. Uh, it was just a photo. It was like a black, a, a white background of, and then this kid like on his sitting down with his knees up and his elbows on his knees with his hands over his face. And that was it. And, you know, I, I had done some research and, and saw some like documentaries and stuff about how, and, and I don't, I, I don't know why they kind of, it seemed like it was, they were blaming the artwork of the album on them not being a hit. But I think that kind of like was something they thought about with this next album right. with uh, songs from the big chair, because they definitely made it a point to put their faces on it. So America and, this, and the last album wasn't a huge hit in America. So they wanted to make sure that it was a, a big hit in America and people could see their faces and know who they were. Right. So they took, they had a photo session and actually I was telling Caleb too, that I saw some photos from this photo session that they, when they used for this cover, of this album, and there's way a lot, way cooler photos that they could have used for this album cover. But this is the one they chose. And I mean, it's definitely an iconic album cover. Now I mean, you can't, you, you, you say tears for fears and this is what you think of. Yeah. Yeah. Or you've at least seen it and know it, yeah. you know, um, for got, sure. Definitely got the eighties look, man, with that hair and the the clothes and the earrings. <laughs> oh man. And is... the thing was about, about one of the things I want to mention about tears for fears and was when he says hair, he means straight up eighties permed out mullets. Yes. And ponytails. Yeah. When you can't see, you can't see Kurt's ponytail in this photo, there. but he has it's it there. Yeah. But I want to say something about tears for fears. And I, I think I really, I really appreciate this about them. They were one of those bands who didn't really get into the whole, like wearing the crazy outfits of the eighties. Like if mm. you watch some of their music videos and stuff, yeah. it's them in like their blue jeans tucked in polo shirt. Yeah. Like they just a boy next door yeah. walking down the street driving his who knows what, but not the flamboyant shiny bright clothes from the eighties, like the big pants and the big shirts yeah. and the crazy hair, like their hair's, crazy to us because we don't have any because we don't have any no, yeah yeah <laughs> but you know they I, I do appreciate that about them they just didn't really care they just really wanted to make music i remember i remember coming across a, a meme one time to speak along the the, the, the clothes um and it was like it, it, they were doing like an, an 80s night for their for their kids the school or whatever right? right and so they're like how our kids thought we dressed in the 80s and it was all that's funny neons with big giant hair and parachute pants just yeah. random stuff like that and then the next picture is like how we really dressed and it was just a straight picture of the breakfast club i'm like oh, that's a true story right yeah exactly you know I mean? what a great movie too. yeah a lot of great what a great soundtrack speaking of soundtracks yeah what can you tell i know that you know this what movie was um head over heels on the oh, soundtrack for bro. donnie darko oh my god what a great movie such a great, cult a, classic oh man <clears throat> that was one of the i just read an article the other day it was like top cult movies that bombed at the box office oh, yeah. right and it, it, nobody went to go see that in the box office until no. it became a cult classic for I mean, sure I, and now i'm pretty sure everybody has seen that yeah, movie. i think it could be a cult classic when you can get it on blu-ray or dvd yeah right <laughs> and then uh but and then the the sequel, S. Darko, was about his sister. I don't Did think you ever I see saw that? that one. Man, that's a whacked out movie. Well, Donnie Darko itself was whacked out. And whenever I decided this is what we were going to do, and I told you about it, I think a couple nights later, I watched Donnie Darko. And nice. I'd watched it like four or five times before. Oh, yeah. But it's, I really sat down and kind of paid attention to it. And I was like, man, this is so messed up. <laughs> and then at the end, I, I, I always remembered the end. But then I'm thinking to myself as an, an, an adult now and a grown person, I'm like, I don't understand it. Don't understand the airplane crash, the airplane crash thing. Yeah. And the whole like time travel vortex, weird, whatever. It didn't really explain it. And I was like, dude, there's so many holes in this movie. So many plot holes, but it's still a really great movie. Yeah. But uh, the song, um, head over heels. When you watch the movie, it comes in about 16 minutes into the movie. 
um, the camera is kind of panning through the, he's at Donnie Darko gets off the bus and goes to school. And when the music starts playing, the camera pans like throughout the whole school and into like the courtyard and it kind of goes over all the characters that are going to be in the movie. Oh yeah. And it's really awesome. And that song is of course, that's pretty uh, cool. That song is one of the my. It's actually my favorite one. It's on the B side of this of this yeah. album, and it's my favorite song on the album. Um, the Working Hours is a really good song too, which is a, a song that's kind of a stab at the music industry. Um, and then we all know, throughout the years, bands and and artists have been totally screwed over by record labels and and the industry itself. Which, you know, we talked about Pink Floyd, the last album or the last episode we did, and now that album that we talked about wasn't really too much a stab at music industry. It was definitely a stab at the um, political government. government. And, uh, but you know, their album wish you were here. And that song welcome to the machine was definitely about stabbing at the, the, the music industry, which, you know, I think it's a shame that these music, these artists, uh, you know, get, um, kind of royally screwed, um, from their, from being compensated for the the royalties that they should get from labels and stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's that's such a double-edged sword too you know because on one end you're thinking how do i yeah yeah one one person's thinking how can i make the most money what can i do right Right. can i can i capitalize on the fact that you're not going to read the small print right and i was going to say if you're in a if you're in a band and you're going to sign a record deal like make sure you read that fine print and And if you see something messed up you say no we'll go somewhere else the other side is it you need to be reading the small print you need to be taking your color yourself you know not just buying into what I'm assuming is glitz and glamour and right. drugs and women and whatever they threw, whatever right. they threw at you. I don't know what they're doing now these days, exactly. you know, cause everything's a little more, a little more fine tooth comb these days. Um, but right. I think, I think I'm with you on head over heels on the, the B side for me as well. Um, I would say everybody wants to rule the world is probably my favorite on this, on this whole, mm-hmm. on the whole album. Um, not because it's the most popular, but because to me, that's just the one song that has, the best flow out of all of them to me, you know, right. shout to me got played out a as lot a, as a kid, yeah. you know, and then even now, I mean, it, now it's almost like a, it, it's almost like the, we will rock you of <laughs> queen. You know <laughs> I mean? When that song came out, that was, that was an epic anthem. Mm-hmm. Right. And now it's uh now it's a basketball game theme thing. Right. You know I mean? It's just kind of got, right. just got bastardized got, to a degree. You exactly. Know? Yeah. Um, but you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of good tracks. There's a couple on here that I didn't I had never heard mm-hmm. when I was going through, and I was like, this is a little trippy. This mm-hmm. is taking a little too much time. And why why isn't there any singing? Oh, there's some. Oh, yeah. Nope, there it went. You know, I mean, yeah. it's I didn't realize how this album was laid out, and much less I it, it really had took me three or four times to listen to it before I even tried to guess on what they were thinking when yeah. they were laying down the tracks in the order that they did. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. This is a little weird. You know? Well, I will say out, out of all the research and the, a lot of documentaries I've either watched or listened to through like this documentary podcast series that I kind of check out sometimes they take their time with these albums. Like the first one was, I think after the first one, it was like four years before they released this second one. And then the third one was, um, some sowing the seeds, sowing the seeds of, of love. love. Yeah. I know right. that song's on there. I don't know what that's yeah. the name of the album. No, that's the name of the album. Oh, the okay, seeds yeah. of love. Yeah. Um, and that one was released a little bit, uh, quite a while after the second album. And uh, yeah. And, you know, they're pretty meticulous about what they do in the studio. And I know that, um, Roland Orzabal is very particular and he's very like, he makes sure that everything is perfect. Kurt, not, I mean, Kurt was too, um, but not as much as Roland. 
and we'll kind of get into that a little bit later because after the third album seeds um sowing the seeds of love or just seeds of love sorry right. they they broke up oh and of course we've talked about bands breaking up before in the past albums but anyway let's get into a little bit about the actual name of the album songs from the big chair and when i first heard the name of this album i was like what does that even mean like what the heck so you know i got i read that roland had watched this show in 19 in the, in the 1970s called sybil which is um the actual name of the album comes from this civil character who you're saying with you're saying civil as in like civil like civil court or are you saying civil as in like civil shepherd like civil shepherd but this is just the show is called sybil okay um but it's a woman based on a woman who was it had multiple shepherd? personalities a multiple personality disorder who feels safe when she's sitting in her um her analyst's big chair okay so i guess it kind of relates to the to the to them as like we feel comfortable with this being our vehicle to release our emotions and and feelings throughout with these songs like this is their vessel i would imagine it's kind of what they were thinking right i might not i could be totally wrong but in my head that's kind of what i'm thinking um yeah it's you know it was actually supposed to be called the working hour but roland uh wanted to switch the name to songs from big chair because of this tv or movie it might movie or tv i don't even know but yeah it's pretty cool well i'm I, i'm looking it up right now. <laughs> well sally field was in it wow really yeah sally joanne Fields. woodward martin bartlett brad davis uh, it looks like sally field is the only big one yeah sybil and it's s-y-b-i-l like sybil shepherd but mm -hmm. she's nowhere part of that oh it's a two-part two-part television show okay so each was three and one quarter hours long wow based on the book by the same name nbc 1976 for that time period a three hour long show yeah. is very like uncommon wow pretty much unheard of wow that's interesting anyway, so yeah so apparently she had an analyst chair that was big and comfy and that's where she felt the most comfortable and that's apparently where mr roland felt comfortable too mm -hmm. yeah so this right. album is is his big chair yeah where he felt comfortable kind of just putting his feelings and emotions out there which if we're going to talk about feelings and emotions where do you think the name came from tears for fears Duh, all the time he spent in that psych ward <laughs> so <laughs> so honestly <laughs> tears for fears actually came from you know um there's this psychologist and his name is arthur Jonov. i think i'm saying that right he wrote a book called primal scream and he basically this primal scream is a theory um and a therapy uh of, that's practiced by a number of well-known people um which where basically the patient showing emotions through like screams and yells and basically like from feelings in the past bringing them up with like yelling and screaming okay it's weird it's called primal scream ther uh, therapy and actually people like john lennon and james earl jones and steve jobs actually went to this guy primal scream therapy mm -hmm. interesting yeah I, I can dig it primal scream interesting but anyway okay. so yeah that's kind of where the name came from and from that that he i guess roland read that book but he also had mentioned that tears for fears was also kind of a way to say we're going to show our emotions through tears to help us put our fears to rest okay so that's where the name came from all right um, I thought it was kind of cool that when they found that when the, when these two guys found each other, like, uh, back in Bath, England, mm -hmm. um, 
it was over a uh, mutual love for the Blue Oyster Cult. Yeah, that's very yeah. true. And I, I, I do dig on me some Blue Oyster Cult. They Cults, also you know? joined a band called Graduate. Yeah. Where they that band was obviously not something that, you know, they definitely joined the band and were, they both were guitar players. But that main, the main music that they played in that band was more like some more definitely way poppier stuff, like some ska stuff and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and eventually Roland and Kurt decided to leave and that's when they started Tears for Fears. Yeah. I dig it. Yeah. Uh, primal scream theory. I'm still kind of stuck on that. That's pretty badass. I, 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 I enjoyed that bit of tidbit real, real quick. Like, because, uh, I, what did I just read? It was like, um, uh, replacing pain. Oh God. What did I just read? Here it is. Tears as a replacement for fears. Right. And John 1980 book prisoners of pain. Right. So the definition of primal scream therapy, it's a psychotherapy in which a patient recalls and reacts to a particular disturbing past experience, <clears throat> usually occurring early in life and expresses normally uh, repressed anger or frustration, especially through spontaneous and unstrained, uh, unrestrained, I'm sorry, unrestrained screams, hysteria, or violence. Hmm. I mean, I can't hmm. like, it's like going into someone's office and like taking a baseball bat and it's like, destroying everything just wrecking it be like and oh. oh man now i feel so much better <laughs> <laughs> they had they had those just coming in a wreckage shot be like oh man i'm glad i finally let billy go like who's billy he was a bully in the fourth grade right wait what <laughs> <laughs> he's been there for a while yeah like so there's actually like these new places where you can go and you can like take a baseball bat and you pay to just destroy everything in a room and i guess it's kind of the same thing why did we think of that? I don't know, man. Just set up a room full of like old, just go to like Goodwill and whatnot and just reclaim all these mirrors and, and glass things and just stuff and just be like, here, here's, here's a painter safety suit. Here's some <laughs> goggles and a respirator and a bat go to town, you know? But yeah, I guess there's actually, um, psychologists who practice this and, uh, actually people like, like I said earlier, John Lennon was a huge uh, patient of this guy. Are that Interesting. Well, it had to work because that dude seemed calm and cool as a cucumber. You know right. what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, doesn't really make sense to me in my mind, though, that a lot of these famous artists and singers are there because I, unless you're in like death metal, I mean, screaming is not really good for the vocal cords. No. You know, no. kind of rips and tears at them. Well, yeah. I mean, that is, it is surprising that John Lennon would do this. Now, Steve Jobs has been there and done it. Um, right. James Earl Jones, he's got a pretty, iconic voice i wouldn't want to mess that up pretty pretty iconic I, that's a it's probably one of the most mm -hmm. iconic voices yeah okay sorry yeah. most iconic voice darth ever. vader bro right dude and um plenty of documentaries yeah um uh what's that movie the little the sandlot the dude from the sandlot the, yeah he was he was the, the old blind man, guy the blind guy man how cool yeah. was that man that was good stuff um honestly, he was a uh, king jafar yeah coming to america yeah man what a great movie that was. <laughs> oh man i didn't watch the new one that came out recently i think i just you know there's some movies it's that entertaining you just uh, want to watch the yeah. first one and like don't ruin yeah. it with the second one. like anchorman yeah first one was great and they yeah. ruined it with the second one i didn't know there was a second one. yeah don't even don't just nope. forget it forget i just said anything don't worry i won't and then um i won't see it I mean. boondock saints was another great first man movie. and that was so long in the waiting i remember when that one they were like the script has been rewritten or is it coming out it's coming out it's coming out and then finally it came out and everybody's like but that, that's it that's what we waited for yeah really? don't uh, the second was, one blows was, yeah anyway back to tears for fears yeah. um after the third album the, the seeds of love they broke up and they broke up in 1991 basically you know 
Roland and Smith just didn't start. They weren't working things out. Um, they split up and the, uh, Roland blamed Curtis for, you know, a jet, a jet setting lifestyle. He wanted to go travel and do things and he wasn't really wanting to get into the studio all the time and, and record. He wanted to enjoy his success. And Roland was more like, no, we need to be in the studio perfecting our craft. And then they just, they couldn't agree. And they broke up in 1991. So then after that, Roland went on to keep doing tears for fears under that, you know, tears for fears name, but basically it was solo. Yeah. And then he probably put out four or five albums. Then last year in 2021, they released their fourth album together. They reconnected and they rekindled everything and came out with the tipping point. I have not heard it yet. I mean, either. I would like to though. Yeah. I'll have to do that later. Um, you know about their live aid stint? I did. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you tell me about it though? That was pretty sad though. I mean, yeah. it was weird. Uh, they, they were, they were slated to play live aid in 85. Um, I think out of Pennsylvania. Is that right? Um, um, Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, and the day of the morning of the event, they, uh, they announced that they were pulling out. Um, uh, and they were ultimately replaced by George Thorogood and the destroyers, um, mm-hmm. who had a bit pretty big, strong Philadelphia following at that time. But, um, um, what did they say? The official reason, um, was that, um, two of their backing musicians had quit, yeah. had quit uh, due to the expiration of the contract. Um, and that's what they, that's just kind of what they said and happened. And yeah. so they backed out of Live Aid, which uh, that's, I know, that's, that's, that's gotta be like kind of kind of like oh shit like yeah that, that's one of those we we done messed up moments exactly but you know? they did kind of they did come back and say do you want some more whiskey i do okay so they did say you know we'll give since we are backing out we'll give proceeds from our tokyo tour to live aid um no it, was, it wasn't just tokyo it was tokyo sydney london and new york oh yeah, yeah. cool yeah so yeah they tried to you know make up for it by that which yeah. is fine you know if you're going to donate money to, to help yeah. out that's cool it's just kind of I mean, that's the whole point, right? Yeah. Supporting the cause of Live Aid, uh, which was what? It was um, the famine in Ethiopia. Live Aid People was. People were dying from di- like the lack of food in Ethiopia. Yeah. Yeah. So they definitely donated. It's, it's unfortunate we didn't get to see him play, which is not the real reason for the concert. I mean, it was... There was a, it was a concert, but yeah. the reason was to make money to help Live Aid beat right. the people in Ethi- Ethiopia. Wait, was, was it? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I'm pretty sure we can yeah. look no, I just, back and Google no, it. No, no, I just I'm confusing it with um with the other ones. There's there was Band Aid and Sport Aid, and mm-hmm. um, there's another big one. Well, I mean, the biggest one obviously is Live Aid and had Queen and had everybody. Everybody. Oh, it's worldwide coordinated. Right. Yeah, yeah. It was awesome. But yeah. So, which side note? It does suck. It though. is our. It has been argued that Queen's performance on Live Aid was the single best live performance ever for sure i mean it has it been argued has to be i don't know man I, it's pretty damn good i, I never saw the I way never, that you I never saw zeppelin i never saw stones i never saw you know yeah well i mean the way that he of course we weren't there to see it in person and we i've seen videos and like live coverage of it i've heard and it then you've watched the watch the whole thing on bohemian rhapsody the yeah. movie that came out not too long ago whether he just connected with the audience and they just connected with him yeah. it's it's like chilling yeah. and it's amazing yeah pretty cool it was very cool anyways back to tears for fears you know this is a great album I, I, all around you got people like in this genre or this similar bands such as 
Then we talked about Duran Duran. We talked about Depeche Mode. There's the Human League. There's people like Gary Newman. There's Joy Division, which <sighs> Joy Division, uh, it's that band. It's another topic, but it <laughs> it tears me like that band. I'm torn between because I I some there's some things I love about Joy Division, and there's a lot more things that I hate about them. And it's it's just an unfortunate situation that whole band. And then there's New Order, who was after Joy Division because of things that happened with joy division right but i mean you got i mean duran duran is one of my favorites I, they're great rio is a great album um heaven 17 just so many i could just keep on going yeah you mentioned in excess yeah um which is another great one but uh, I, I think that tears of fears definitely holds up to all these guys i remember man i was like i had to have been fourth or fifth grade somewhere third fourth fifth grade somewhere yeah. in there right and going to a friend's birthday party at his house right same neighborhood just you know six or seven streets over right so get dropped off and uh his mom they they had like the spread out we had backyard we're just you know just bouncing around doing what kids do play for a birthday party and the music was playing right and because his mom was i'm gonna say younger at the time uh, was totally into all of the music we're talking about now mm -hmm. right and one song came on and i was like oh i recognize this uh my brother played this before Wait, who is this and she goes oh it's inks i go what <laughs> and then she showed me the album and it was i go i think it's in excess she right. goes no i don't think so I'm like, okay <laughs> that's hilarious dude <laughs> oh my god that's so funny oh man well this has been a great show i think i think we're good with ending about now unless you got something else to talk about i do want to say and i do want to mention that we had i don't know if i told i think i did tell you this i had we had a fan or somewhat fan someone who listens to the show a follower a follower we'll go with that who reached out and asked us to post or put a story up about the album and the bourbon or whatever we're going to be talking about on the next episode a couple of days before we air it yeah that way he could go out and purchase it or like find the album so, and drink the so bourbon while we're talking people about it. are wanting to know what we're going to do next so yeah. they can prep and listen with us exactly a drink and listen wow taste and listen man, to the music we're hitting the big time i'm telling you man we're this is great but right. i do appreciate the, the reach out and yeah. uh thank you for the love and we will definitely get on board with doing that and if anybody has any other like recommendations i mean look this is not what we do for a living this is something that we just kind of do for fun so we're not professional podcasters i mean we're, i think we're getting there but <laughs> hey, we're getting there. We're getting you know, if you there. have any recommendations or you want to hear something or you want there's something that you want us to talk about, like Drop shoot it, us yeah. a message, you know? Yeah, drop us a line on Instagram or one of the many platforms we got. Um yeah. bourbons and b-sides. Um, or you can find either one of us on Insta. Um, I would say Facebook, but I'm not on there. Um, right. so I think bourbons and b-sides is if it's not, it will be shortly. Um anyway, yes, it um, is. okay. So we can give them a we can give them a drop into what we're doing next week or the next episode. Yeah, go ahead, um, man. So we're going to cover wild turkeys, long branch. Yeah. Um, and that's inspired because I'm a big fan of Matthew McConaughey, especially after listening to his book. Right. <laughs> if you haven't, I recommend listening to it. Okay. Just do it. It's, it's, it's nothing less than amazing. Um, and I'm taking it really obscure um, for the album. We're going to cover um, dark at the end of the tunnel by Oingo Boingo. Nice. And there's a lot of fun facts about that one. That's what we're going to get into. And that album is just, I'm excited. It's it's just something so different than most people are used to hearing these days. Yeah. yeah so it, it'll be good. Um, most people know Boingo. If you don't, 
even know who Oingo Boingo is, they'll just go ahead and say that they're the dudes who wrote the song Weird Science. Yeah, right. So we'll leave you with that. Well, I got a lot of research to do because I'm, you know, when I when you told me that we were going to do this in the next episode, I was like, man, I don't know a lot about this band. So I'm excited to kind of listen to the albums and especially that one. Yeah. And then really get into some history on them. So yeah, cool, man. I'm looking forward to it. All right, brother. Talk to you later. Cheers. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed the show, DM us on Instagram at bourbons and b-sides and go check out our website that's www.bourbonsandbsides.com until next time and as always sip and spin responsibly really sip and spin